Dennis Prager here. If you have a business or a real estate dispute, I strongly recommend that you call Barack Lurie. Barack, you successfully sued a corporation only to have the principal claim it had no assets. What did you do? Dennis, we showed after the judgment there was a pattern of the principal taking money out of the corporation for his own personal purposes. And the outcome? After examining and documenting the corporation bank statements, we showed a pattern where the principal was using the corporation as his own personal piggy bank. We were able to show that he personally had a lot of money and should be the real defendant. He thought he could get away with everything by hiding behind the skirts of the corporation, but now he's personally liable. I'll say another success. I trust Barack Lurie with my own legalities. Call him at 866-575-8111. That's 866-575-8111. Fighting for what's right, Barack Lurie at Lurie and Seltzer. 866-575-8111. And now listen to the Barack Lurie Show Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. here on AM870, The Answer. Lurie, and this is the Brock Lurie Podcast with my, my good friend and producer, Ari David. Thanks for being here, and always a pleasure. Uh, we live in the cusp of very strange times, Ari. Um, uh, the Iranian deal, as it's now called, is uh, still subject to some scrutiny. Our congressmen and women and senators are evaluating whether they want to vote for the deal, vote against the deal, and so on. And a little bit by little bit, they are announcing whether they are against or for the uh, the deal. And uh, two more Democrats today announced that they are for the deal. It's not a it's not a um, an easy win for Obama to get people to agree to this deal. Uh, in fact, it looks like they may lose on the deal at first blush, the first round, because the um, process requires that the president can veto the disapproval of the Iranian deal. This is under the Corker bill, which God knows why he allowed this to, to go through. But we'll, we'll discuss that in a moment. So we're, we, we have this situation where it looks like we will prevail by a majority against this Iranian deal, but then Obama will vote against it or veto it, and then we will not be able to override his veto, the two-thirds overriding. And then there's some silver lining in that, if that happens the way I just described, because it'll mean that Obama will have to veto the majority will of Congress as to a deal that he brought up and violates the, the constitutional process. Now, in fairness to Obama, um, it was agreed between Congress and the president that this is the process that they will undertake for this Iranian deal. I, I, th I still have a problem with it. You know, the fact that the United States Congress and, and the president conspire together to uh, undermine the Constitution and the requirements for the treaty, for a treaty pro approval, you know, I ain't, I ain't good with that. I mean, it'd be one thing if the, if the Supreme Court also authorized them ahead of time, but I don't know that that the, the Congress and the president working together can agree to do something that's counter-constitutional, right? I mean, that's 
pretty basic to me. This is a process, but I've been wrong before on this, and it just seems to me that this is not a good precedent because why wouldn't this happen in the future for any future deal? Why isn't this sending a signal to future presidents that this is the way they should do things? So I'm concerned. All right. Um, why did Corker, uh, Congressman Corker, right? Why did he advance this? Senator. Oh, I'm sorry. Corker. Of course, Senator Tennessee. Corker, Tennessee. Why did he advance this as a proposal uh, instead of uh, just saying, you know, Mr. President, you have to get two-thirds majority of the, of the Congress to approve any treaty, and this is, frankly, a treaty. Um, and there's, to my mind, only one answer to that, and, and that's because President Obama said, look, I'm just going to ram this through, and I'm going to enter into this deal, and we're going to release the sanctions, and I think I have the executive authority to do so. Now, and then, and then Corker said, no, we should have some say about this. How about if we Happen if we do it this way, Mr. President, where, you know, you can veto us, we'll reverse the whole two-thirds process, and you get to veto us, and we can only overturn you if we have two-thirds. And I think that's the deal that was struck. Again, I, I just, I don't, I think that's the reason why, because they were afraid to um, look like they were going against him too dramatically, but also because the president threatened to do it anyway. So there we go. Um, you, you brought up a, a good point offline, Ari, and that is that, you know, we have to live with tomorrow. And we have congressmen and senators that are making bold decisions that are going to ruin us tomorrow. We may very well live under an atomic cloud, maybe not literally tomorrow, but in the near future. And certainly Israel may very well live under an atomic cloud tomorrow, as it were. Or die under one. Yeah, exactly. Die, more likely die under one. That's a good point. And, and, and yet, this is okay. This is like... Now, they may say, you know, Barack, on the contrary, you know, we're, that's, it's exactly the opposite. We're, we're ensuring that it won't lead to that. It won't go to war. And this is minimizing their chances of having the nuclear arms. Well, well, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, I say, because even under their own understanding of the Iranian deal, the Iranians will be able to have a bomb in 10 years, maybe even less. So, and, and we can't do anything about it. They're actually giving them the license to do it. They're simply postponing the license such that they're going to get the, the license to drive that nuclear car, so to speak, not at 16, but the age of uh, 26, <laughs> okay? That's when you're allowed to drive now. But they're still being given the keys to the car. And this is a very dangerous car, isn't it? This is a maniac behind the wheels of this car. And you're okay with giving them the bomb. See, this is what I don't understand. So is the deal that we won't have war or an atomic cloud, even if, even if the Iranians completely complied with every term of the, of, the, of the deal, which they won't, of course, but let's just assume for the sake of discussion that they will. All right, now it's the year 2025, okay, more or less whenever the deal structures it. But we'll just say 2025. It's 10 years hence. Now what? Now the Iranians get to say, well, remember that deal that we signed back in 2015? It's, it's time. Here's our bomb. We, uh, it don't stop us. And well, you have no, no right to stop it's us. It's probably more like, well, it's finished. Here it is. Yeah. 
that, that, that's what it's going to be like anyway. Yeah. But, 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 you know, in the process of them trying to enrich their uranium, and we'll, we'll say, oh, we'd really rather you not. Please, please don't do that. Well, you know, no, on the contrary. You allowed us to do that. I mean, it's, it's no different than allowing the mafia to, uh, to, to engage in its monopoly of the olive oil business, or for that matter, the drug, the drug business. And, and you, you strike a deal with the mafia to do exactly that. I think it's one even worse, morally, because instead of just allowing them, what we did is we made them do it this way. It, yeah. It's not like the, the FBI makes the mafia take control of the trash hauling industry. Yeah. They might allow it if certain agents are on the take, but they don't make them do it. I, I see what you're saying. But let, let's get to the bigger picture, the bigger picture of logic and the rule of law and what this all means, because I think this ties in to our culture of decay. Decay not only in the rule of law, but decay in the way that we actually think. Okay, what do I mean by that? I, in the olden days, let's say only 30 or 40 years ago, when something was proposed like this, this madness, people would argue it and actually un- try to understand it. They would try to see the many different ways of, of looking at this and what the consequences might be. Yes, of course, there were politics involved the entire time. But nevertheless, they would try to at least argue it. They would, they, there was some logic involved. Now, we live in, in, in an Obamacare-type culture. <laughs> I mean, it's, I, now that I think about it, Obamacare is a perfect example, right? Here's 2,700 pages. It says a bunch of stuff that you haven't read, but we'd like you to sign it, please. I'd like to pass judgment. We don't even expect you to read it. Just I mean, live by it. Yeah. Uh, at least in the olden days, you know, people were expected to read it. Maybe they didn't read it. But now the, the jig is up, so to speak. We, we know that you're not reading it, and we're telling you what it says, and uh, we want you to say yes to it. And the same thing is true of the Iranian deal, right? We expect you to say yes to this, and you don't know jack squat about this, do you? We expect you to uh, be all supportive of our treaty with, uh, with Cuba, our new opening although you don't really know all the details about that either. There's a lot of the Syria deal, uh, all the things that we do in the Middle East and otherwise. They're just, and, and, and then, you know, whatever they propose with ICANN, um, with the, uh, what's the other thing? The, not just the opening up of the web, but also uh, there was one other thing that the was Net neutrality. Net neutrality, yeah. The limiting of, uh, di- of uh, data bits from here to there, the right. traffic allocation. So we, so we live in a bite-sized culture where you just get what the president or the media or whatever is telling you to believe, and you have to kind of go on board with it. And, and they even have code names like the Dream Act, and these are dreamers, right? Suddenly, you know, because whether well, they're a dreamer, that must be a nice thing because people have dreams. Uh, and you're either for or against them. And if you're against them, well, then you're a racist and so on. Everything's nicely packaged. It didn't used to be this way. There used to be some analysis about it. And we're seeing the same thing now uh, with this uptick, this, this massive uptick, by the way, in murders throughout the country. How do I connect these two? Because when you're talking about this belief that all you need to, to hear is what you've been told about hands up, don't shoot. Never mind the facts, right? Then suddenly it's all about white cops killing black people, men and, men and women. And uh, those, those cops are just racist and 
You know, you should plug them yourself. You know, it's, it, it's not such a bad idea if, if more cops get killed, according to these people. This is the way they think. So now it's, it's the same culture, do you understand? It's, it's the bite-sized culture, the bite size of the, 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 the bite phrases that motivate and ultimately animate people to do horrible things. We've seen a, a rash of people just going up to police and killing them point blank. Police. These are the people that you, you, you should be afraid of. That, or, that you should be at least have tremendous respect for, or be thankful of that they're around to protect you. Let alone, well, of course, not hate them. Of course, but but I don't expect them necessarily be th- to be thankful. But at the very least, I expect them to say, "Okay, here come the cops. Let's get out of here." The, I mean, that, that that I expect. But for the brazenness to to get up to somebody and put and put their gun to to the temple of a cop and just shoot them point blank like that. That's what I'm talking about. And, and you can't do that without a culture that is encouraging you to do that. And yeah, we have a culture that does exactly that. Uh, just recently, they, what is it? they said uh, a whole uh, protest in the street. Not, not a violent protest, by the way. Um, and it said pigs in a blanket. Um, fry pigs fry. Yeah, fry pigs fry, which, of course, is an encouragement to kill cops. What other way can you and then, think of lo it? lo and behold, this week, right after that, three cops murdered. That's right. And just in cold blood by people who had no beef with that particular cop. They right. were basically brainwashed into this. And in fact, the maniac who killed the reporter and the cameraman live TV, his head was again filled with the same kind of agenda. He was he believed in his own victimhood. He believed in his own. Um, uh, Exemption of legal conduct within society because he felt bad about himself for some right. reasons that were put upon him or, or put inside of him by this agenda that he heard day and night. On my Sunday show, I talked about the entitlement culture, right? And that you know we, we feel entitled to welfare, we feel entitled to a certain wage, we feel entitled to certain tax breaks or tax exemptions, we feel entitled to student loans, we you know, entitled to, you know, this funding and, 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 and this uh, um, different law that supports us. Entitled, entitled, entitled. And then now they're telling us that you may be entitled to kill people, you know, because, you know, you're justified in feeling the way that you do. You know, it's so interesting about what you just said. The two words that came to my mind while you were saying that are the words self-esteem. Imagine how much self-esteem one needs to commit brazen murder on live TV. And imagine how much more self-esteem one needs to murder a cop. And how much more self-esteem one needs to murder a cop with that cop's weapon. Because that's a, that's a lot of self The problem is too much damn self-esteem. These people are way too confident. I'm not, I'm not making a joke here. Right, no, I because that. that's part and parcel of victimhood is... If you take real victims, like, say, the Jews in the Warsaw Ghetto, they were entitled through the the reasonable victimhood of their condition to do everything they could to rise up against their oppressors and do terrible things to the people doing terrible things to them. But these people have self-esteem in droves to do this kind of stuff that's not 
in proportion to their station in life or in proportion to the actual oppression they've suffered. No, I, I, I like that. Um, it, it's it's a chutzpah culture, you know. It's a right. they got a lot of nerve to do the things they do, but the reason why they have the nerve is that they've been emboldened, and they've been emboldened. And look, w- when you go out in the street, you say "pigs in a blanket, uh, fry pigs fry," okay? And you know that it's being broadcast. Yeah, on live TV. On live TV, and you you want it to be seen far and wide throughout the nation, no less. You should know. Talk about duty of care, right? You should know that. Crazy people are watching also, right? And crazy people with whatever their own axe to grind. And it's it's reckless. It's so reckless to, to not understand that. It's it's like um, you know presenting alcohol to an alcoholic. It's uh, like like uh, encouraging a gambler to gamble. It's it and and worse than that, it's like giving a gun to a maniac. You might as well do that because it's it's easy to get a gun, or it's it's even easier to get a knife. What's to stop somebody from slashing somebody? Because they've been told that it is so good to kill a cop. And this is the reckless behavior that's going on. And then they're surprised. Oh, they're so surprised that murders have increased dramatically in the past month alone. Yeah, what are they they telling us now? Oh, we didn't actually mean that. No, you meant exactly it. It's like there's that old joke that they say when uh, a band's about to play and the singer goes... Our next song goes a little like this. No, actually, it goes exactly like that. Because yeah. if it didn't go exactly like that, it's a different song. So with the pot, Fry Pigs Fry, the death to the police, the, the no justice, no peace, all of those chants, what did you expect? That was the exact song you were playing. You didn't expect someone, sane or insane, to hear that and not do what you just told them to do? Well, you remember in New York... Um a few months ago, maybe about a year ago, there was a chant very similar to this, and they talked about death to police or something like this. It was, it was almost those words. I'm paraphrasing. And then the very next day, or a couple of days later, there was a, a cop that, killed. That famous ambush where the two cops yeah. were killed. Yes. Yeah. Do you remember the phrase? I forget. It was something like that, though. It might as well have been that. It was something right around that. You know, death to the police, death to the pigs, something just like that. And then... and then they, they, they expect uh, mercy uh, on this. And it's not even mercy. They, they feel emboldened. I mean, one of the things that, that um, gets to me a little bit, it's interesting, like this, this idiot uh, who killed the two reporters in, um, in Roanoke, Virginia. So, you know, this guy has all this self-esteem, as you say, to, to use your phrase. And he goes and he kills these two reporters brazenly on TV. And then, of course, he runs away. And kills himself. Thankfully, kills himself. I mean, I guess it was a long, long death, and I hope it was a painful death. But nevertheless, he understands that he needs to run away. But I'm confused here. On the one hand, he's told, go ahead and kill people. He thinks that he's doing a great service somehow. On the other hand, he knows, he kind of chickens himself out of it, and he runs away from it because he knows that he'll be caught. And he kills himself. Why? Why did he kill himself? If he was so, in his own mind, in the right to do what he was doing, right? Why, why not say, I, well, I killed the, these people and, and I just, justifiably did so and they, did, they got there as coming and uh, this is the way it's going to be from now on and come on, everyone. I mean, I, of course, he would be arrested in, in, anyway, but in his own crazy mind, maybe, why wouldn't he have thought like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm showing other people how to do it. 
And let's do it. Let's start this revolution by golly. Right? I mean, you see the inconsistency? Well, there, I- inconsistency? Is, there is actually a very consistent reason for that, okay. which is sort of specific to suicide, which is an act of suicide is the ultimate act of selfishness because you're actually taking God's power out of God's hand and using it yourself. Okay. So that's number one. Number two, you are taking most suicides are selfish. They're, for whatever reason, they're to call ultimate to attention yeah. to himself. So yeah. we can't look, it's more accurate to look at that rather as an act of self-immolation than an act of self-aggrandizement. Oh, I see. You're saying that this is a, okay. He was doing it for show as part of the big act. Yes. Yeah, okay. Like, okay. Yeah. All right. I, I understand what you're saying. Anyway, the, the, the big picture that we're talking about is this, this um, bite, you know, bite phrase culture that we have. And it bleeds, it's bleeding into everything that we're doing. And this allows people to say that things that are evil are somehow good and that things that are good are evil. Down is the new up, as it were, like the Radiohead song. And um, it allows congressmen and senators to, to not be able to see the, how evil Iran is and how, and how clearly they're putting us at much greater risk. And it's this madness that's taking over this whole country. And it's, it's becoming an exception to hear somebody speak in an intelligent, logical way. That's the exception now. So the, the, whether it's Dennis Prager or Charles Krauthammer or um, uh, Ted Cruz, Ted Cruz, or, of course, yeah. yeah. Uh, the, these people who actually can analyze it very seriously, and, and even when they do analyze it, the response to them is that they are warmongers or racists or whatever the bite-sized phrase in yeah. response is. Full of hate, full of intolerance, you know, right. whatever it is. Right. And the only, the only violation of actual conduct they've done, like you said, is they presented a logical, reasoned argument. Mark Stein, when I saw him speak, he says, the goal of those on the left isn't to win the argument, it's to prevent the argument from ever taking place in the first place. Yeah. They'd rather shut you up. Yeah. And and that's what we're seeing in all these things. The 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 victimhood of um, Vester Bryce Flanagan, Vester Bryce Williams Flanagan, mm-hmm. to use both of his names. Uh, he never wanted to actually discuss what that girl said to him, which, by the way, was laughable. Um, that offended him so. He just wanted to murder her so she could never speak again. The people who had beefs with police never want to actually engage them in conversations. The Black Lives Matter people are famous for not going to a Bernie Sanders speech and, and having conversations with Mr. Sanders. Uh, they're famous for turning the microphone off and shutting down the event. Yeah, um, it's, it's, a, it's a get with the program or else culture, right? Um, and, and why aren't you getting on the program? Uh, that applies to the Iranian deal, by the way. It applies to Obamacare. Yes. It applies to every uh, uh, you know policy that that Obama tries to advance. You know, get with the program, and and dissent will not be tolerated. Just aside from it being the, the highest form of patriotism, you know, as long as it's against the Republican. Right. Hillary well, Clinton screeched that in 2006. Yes, but absolutely. Now, no. yeah. yeah. So the, the, this is this is you know, get with the program or else. Culture and. Um, and you, it's it's this um, it's this bullying mentality, right? Cap, you know, you know what it's word uh, coupled with the the bite phrase ideology of the um, 
the Black Lives Matter thing, and really, which was born out of this "don't hand, uh, hands up, don't shoot" uh, concept, which was totally a lie, as it turns out. Everything about these various different um, black, on, sorry, white on black um, uh, killings, it, with the exception of one that was in South Carolina, and I think, and then he, the guy went straight to jail, and he was just charged with murder, as he should be. The, the evidence was right there. But by golly, I mean, are you for real? This is what's going on. And, and they, they keep on talking about the injustice of this. This is an interesting thing. When, when, a, when a white cop does kill a black man in cold blood, as it appeared in South Carolina, remember that video? And he was, he was captured right away, and he was thrust in jail right away, and he's been charged with murder right away, and he's in jail now. And he will be charged and convicted for murder. Okay? But nobody talks about that. Isn't that interesting? Yes. Uh, they, they, t- they still talk about um, Eric Garner, and they talk even more about Michael Brown in Ferguson. And nothing happened in that. And the reason why they're talking about it is because, in their minds, Officer Wilson, I believe it was, got away with it. You see? But, 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 he got a, but the reason why he's not convicted is because the evidence showed that he did nothing wrong. But when the evidence showed that so, uh, the white cop in South Carolina did something wrong. He was, yeah, that's right, sentenced to prison. There was justice. So in their minds, there will only be justices every time that a white cop kills a black person, that that white cop goes to jail. It doesn't matter what the facts are. Yeah, they're not interested in honest accounting. No. They're not interested in, it, it's a wonderful thing, and wonderful in quotes because it means the opposite. It's very yeah. not wonderful. That the civil rights movement has gotten to the point in America at this juncture of history where the last thing it ever wants to do is fix any civil rights issue. Oh, yeah. For I agree. the risk that it goes out of business. Yeah. There's also something about the Iran deal and the conduct of the Republicans. And it's the same conduct that they've had on myriad other issues, but none of those issues, as severe as Obamacare is, is nearly as dangerous as the Iran issue, which is this. They don't want to deal with their responsibility either. They are more concerned with not embarrassing Obama or absolving themselves of having to impeach Obama for Obama's gross flagrant offenses then do their own duty. And that is why what I think explains the Corker Bill. If Corker's bill did not pass, and it was part of the treaty process, and Obama rammed that through, they are obligated then to impeach him. This gives us an out, as Republicans, for not having to do this. Trust me on this. Look, I like the way you're thinking. The problem is I think you're thinking too deeply about people who are not thinking deeply. That's oh, I think they're thinking. I think this is exactly the thought no, that goes through their mind. I think. I think every day John Boehner wakes up from that drunken stupor from the night before. He, the first thing through his mind is, "Please don't make me impeach Obama today. I will do anything I can I, to let Obama get I, away with I, it." I, I, that would require too many people thinking the same way, and that the evidence would they would often be conspiring at the same time. They all I th- do. I, I think that they. What, what is that expression that we said before? Never. Uh, explained by way of conspiracy what can easily be, be explained by laziness, right? And I think the, the laziness factor here is very strong. Uh, the Republicans um, wanted to, and, and this is what we began it off with, I, I think that the more easy rationale to explain this is, is laziness in the sense that the Congress was afraid that 
that Obama would ram this through, so that, that Obama would ram this through and that Congress would be left um, with nothing to do at all. And this way, with the Corker bill, that at least they would get to have a say in the matter. Anyway, that, that, let's not get too deep into that. What, what I want to come back to and maybe close off with is this. Look at this culture that we've developed, a culture where um, they, where anything, not, not just that anything goes, but the truth doesn't matter. And you're coupling it with bite-sized phrases, a sense of entitlement, and you have people on one side, like us, looking for the logic of things, looking for the answers there. And it's completely, we're living in a different dimension, a different plane altogether than the people that we're fighting. The people that we're fighting are, are, are making movements. They're, they're moving their pieces forward and they're cheating by lying and such like that. It's like playing a chess game and they're, they're not following the basic rules of chess. Which is wait for your opponent to move before moving again. Right, or making a bishop move like a knight or making a queen move like a pawn or whatever it is. Yes. And... They're just not, but they are moving the pieces, and we're complaining about the, them them cheating and, and moving the pieces in the wrongful way that they are. But but guess what? They are moving the pieces, and then the board is what it is, and and then they get to look at the board as it is and say, "Here's where we are. Now see, deal with won. us now." See, we've won, or we've won. Oh, wait, wait, yeah. we've won, and and you need to accept it as it is right now. I mean, whether that's the gay marriage uh, proposition, which was born out of a lot of deception, um, whether it's the Iran deal, which will be a, a, an established fact or a fait accompli, yeah. as they say in Obamacare, French. Obamacare, the budget things, the sequester, this negotiation, that negotiation, right. every one of them. Right. These are established things that they will want to force on us, and then we have to deal with you know, the, the, the chessboard as it is. Yeah, and whenever we try to argue logic, as you say, the first reaction they always say to us is essentially, in so many words, fine, but you're just not saying it nicely enough. <laughs> you're right. They yeah, complain yeah. about tone. And even yeah. our, people on our own side complain yeah. about but, but let's tone. not go there. I, 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 no, I agree. but that, that's another form of chess move where it's a rigged game. I agree with you, but I, but, but I, I'm not, I don't want to finish with that. I want to finish with this notion. You see, the truth doesn't matter to them. What matters is getting the pieces to the other side of the board. And what matters is winning. So we think that we're fighting one game and they're playing a completely different game. And I'm not saying it's a better game. I'm not saying it's, it's a game that's honest at all. On the contrary, I think it's completely the opposite of it. But they are playing a completely different game where logic and reasoning... Is, doesn't even apply, just like the dice doesn't apply in a chess game, right? Or a queen doesn't apply in the game of Scrabble. These are different games. And so we are arguing all this time. You have to think it through. Look at the consequences. Look what you said only five years ago, Mr. Obama. Look what Mrs. Clinton had said about uh, the, the Iraq war and weapons of mass destruction or whatever back in 1996, we say all these things, and it means nothing to them because, because you know why? It means nothing. That's why. And we're having this slow decay of our culture because we don't recognize this. And one of the, the things that we need to advance is this, this uh, a notion of truth, a notion of, and I think you only get truth through God, through a sense of justice, through a sense of rule of law, 
And do we really have to wait until the murder rate skyrockets in such a level that we're afraid to literally go out of our houses? Is that, is that the point we'll, we'll, we'll come to our realization yet again as to why we need the rule of law, why we need God, why we need truth? That's where I fear. My friends, we'll be right back. Don't go away. We'll talk more about the Hillary emails and then our surprise theme. I think you'll like it quite a bit. Don't go. Don't go away. We'll be right back. What they want. Why can't they just say what they need? Dennis Prager here. If you have a business or real estate dispute, I strongly recommend that you call Barack Lurie. Barack, you had a case where your client invested $100,000 with her accountant who put her into various fake real estate investments. Yes, the challenge here was that neither the attorney nor the client were really focusing on this case. So what'd you do? At the deposition, I had a big stack of documents that I told her I was going to ask her to testify about and made sure she saw those documents and let her know her serious exposure. We settled for the full amount of the payments my client had paid her. We didn't even start the deposition. Litigation is a lot about understanding the psychology of your opposing party and sometimes the opposing counsel. I'll say another success. I trust Barack Lurie with my own legalities. Call him at 866-575-8111. That's 866-575-8111. Fighting for what's right. Barack Lurie at Lurie and Seltzer. 866-575-8111. And now listen to the Barack Lurie Show Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. here on AM 870, The Answer. with the Bruckler Show. Thanks so much for tuning back in. All right. Um, Hillary Clinton and her emails. It's This is the scandal. Uh, I won't be too uh, cheeky about this to say that this is the scandal that keeps on giving. But I will say that this is the scandal that just keeps on snowballing. It, 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 every day, almost every day, it seems like something new comes out. And, and it's like the, the, the reason why so many things are new are coming out almost every single day, it's because she didn't realize that everything she was doing was wrong when it came to those emails, right? So if you thought, for example, that stealing from your employer uh, pens and then paper and then money and, and then furniture and everything else, and you thought it was just a grab bag, right, of, of goodies to take, uh, as uh, whenever you please, it wasn't so it's bolted like, down. It wasn't bolted down. What were they thinking? And you were okay with it, and you just, you know, and and then it's, you know, you do this for years and years, and now, and then, then they say, well, it turns out it was wrong, Mr. Smith, and we're uh, and and here's let, let's see the long inventory, all the things you stole, and you would say, oh my God, it's this is not good. It's not as if you can you can only worry about one or two items. It, everything in there is going to be bad, bad, bad. Okay, so that's what's happening with her because she assumed wrongly that every email that she sent was not going to be a subject of a congressional hearing. I mean, she, she didn't think about it for a second, as, as I've said in the Sunday show and otherwise. I think she saw this Secretary of State job, this thingy, was a gig that she, that, you know, her daddy gave to her, you know, for purposes of padding her resume. 
that's what it was. And she didn't think this was going to involve real work. I mean, hell, you know, you want to send me an email? Fine. Send it to my personal account, BFD. Hey, right. getting checks for the Clinton Foundation is real work, and apparently she was doing that real yes. work, oh, it's... but using that office of Secretary of State to do yeah. real work. Yeah, she just assumed that it was all cool. I mean, it's, it's stupid for her to make that assumption. That's, that's the real, the, the, the chokhmah, as we say in Hebrew, the, the real, uh, you know, gist of the, the problem. Is it, it's <laughs> just that, that she would be so... Stupid is too too strong a word. It, it, that she would be so um, insipid to think that this would not be a huge issue, that that she could get away with it. That's the amazing thing about it. Are you saying that she made the incorrect assumption that the Obama administration was as corrupt as the Clinton administration? <laughs> because that's what that's sort of what I'm hearing here. That's the uh, yeah. I guess that is the that, that is the assumption. Look, she, so she kept on coming with it and kept on rolling. So so now, and you're going to relay some interesting things that have come out. So. But everything that she that's coming out, that's why I'm saying it's just the snowball effect. You know, every other day seems here's yet another classified thing that she let loose on, on her personal email and, and sent or received. But she's just stuck with this. It's not just one item. It's, it's going to be hundreds of items. And it already is, what, it's 300 plus and counting? And this is just the beginning. It's going to yeah. get into the thousands because right. there's, there's dumps of this stuff coming every few weeks by court order. And... What we're, pro- what we're probably going to find out is that those emails about her mother's funeral, her daughter's wedding, and the yoga classes, those contain state secrets and Clinton Foundation kickbacks, too, for all we know. <laughs> Could be. Yeah, that's true. But the, do you want me to say the latest one? Yeah, please. They found yesterday that emails on her server contained top-secret satellite information about North Korea's nuclear missile program. <sighs> that's, yeah, that's that's yoga. That's... <laughs> wedding. That's but it's not, it's not surprising because she she misused the personal emails, and so we're we're going to have classified information like this. This is everything that almost anything that she does from as a secretary of state is going to have this issue. Yeah. So you know, in some ways, I I feel for her, but the fix is in for her. She's she's going to have a big problem because there's got to be a lot more of this. This is not. It's not as if she can hope that. Oh well. Let's hope that after this 321st one that just came out, that there won't be any more. No, she knows there has to be many more. Uh, she doesn't remember them all. After all, it was four years of, of exchanging these emails. No, she's just in big trouble. And also, notice the word parsing. She's no longer not. She's no longer lying. Now every statement is, "I will stick by what I said." Nothing, and I'm using her word patterns, nothing on my personal server was ever marked classified. And as we've said over and over on the show the last few weeks, classified emails are never marked with the word classified. The word classified is a classification of three types of things, secret, top secret, and really, really top secret. Well, she's trying to create a standard that doesn't exist. That's right. right? It's like uh, like me telling uh, the jury that in order for them to find my client liable for, let's say, not paying um, uh, his promissory note of a million dollars or whatever, that they have to find beyond a reasonable doubt that he, that he didn't pay it. Well, that's not the standard. The standard is a preponderance of the evidence. It's not a criminal matter. <laughs> so, but if I, if I insisted on it and they would, they would you know, nodding their heads and, and the other side could say, what are you talking about? That's not the law. That's, Ladies and gentlemen, you must find preponderance of the evidence, I mean, by, beyond a reasonable doubt. And that's what she's doing. She's creating a standard that doesn't exist, saying none of it was marked classified, and, and then putting in the minds of the public 
that what is required is that uh, if you know that she not release or receive things that are marked classified. But that's that's not the the because issue. That never happens. Yeah. Anyway, so it, it, do you notice also? You you love to say liars always lie, cheaters always cheat. It's the exact same parsing strategy regarding. Remember this. It was just about sex. Right. The, I'm be, my husband is being impeached in a right-wing conspiracy over a sex scandal that's all about sex, ignoring the fact that, no, it was a lying under oath scandal. Right. It was you were sworn under oath to tell the truth, nothing but the truth and the whole truth, so help you God that you don't believe in, and right. you didn't do that. Well, this is the redefining of the battlefields, right? Yes. It, it, you, you decide, I mean... Very often in the old days, and, and still today for that matter, the um, army that knows how to win on a certain battlefield, for example, a muddy battlefield, the Romans were very good about this. They knew how to work on a muddy battlefield, and they would, take, they would exploit that, and they would bring the enemy into the muddy battlefield, and uh, they didn't know how to deal with it. And so they got literally stuck in the mud, and they got slaughtered. Okay? So you choose the battlefield, right? You can, you can choose the terminology of the war. And so the, the Democrats tried to create the war as being a war about sex. And we were saying, no, 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 the battlefield's over here. It's a, it's a war about perjury. And so there was you know, a fight as to where to define the battle. Likewise, uh, and now it's, they're, they're doing the same thing where the, the issue is she's trying to say that this is you know, whether or not the emails were marked classified and that that's what the fight should be about. And those wascally Republicans they're still searching for the email that's actually marked classified, and they won't be able to find one. And I'm, I'm, you know, honest Jane, as the day is long, right? That's that's the way that she'll. That's exactly it. it. And and this actually goes completely to the entire political philosophy of this party known as the Democrats, which is try to get stupid people to vote for you by keeping them stupid. Yeah. Under and. I'm not saying this to be derisive, you know, uh, to deride them or anything. They simply do. When they speak, they look to uneducate people in their speak speeches. They look to uninform. They look to cloud an issue rather than speaking with clarity. They speak with clouds. Right. Well, we look. We say the same thing in in law. Right. When when you have when you have a case that you're not very comfortable with. Um, and, and by the way, this is not that's that's not the way I practice. Then you, if you're not comfortable with it, and the only way that you can win is if uh, the, the 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 fact finder is confused, then you want a jury, right? Because that's the way it is. The juries are often confused; they don't understand the law, they go with their feelings and such. The last thing you would want is a judge to make the decision for you. Okay, so you go with a jury, um, and that's the way the Democrats are. The, the platform is exactly that. They they will they prefer to have the jury, as it were. And they, they will parlay the, the discussion in such a way that, it, that only people that are listening are the people that, that just want to see the bite-sized bits of information that are, that are coming through on the, on the airwaves. You know, how she wore that dress. Um, you know, hands up, don't shoot. War on women. Mitt War. Romney killed his employee. Right. Dog on the car. Dirty air, dirty water. Right. They, all those, yeah. those quick, quick phrases... And those are the things that, that win the votes, unfortunately. Uh, and so you're right to say, look, let's keep this dumb. Um, they will keep the discussion as dumb as it can be because that's what people are listening to. And if you let people 
um, believe, just like you, I mean, it, it was funny, you, you said before, um, I believe it was offline when you said if the glove doesn't fit, you know, you must have quit, right? Well, it's, it's, it's absurd reasoning. They even tried to confuse the jury about DNA and how that worked. And what they did successfully in that trial was to make the jury feel that Cochrane's simplistic way of, of, of explaining things was an acceptable analysis. So the glove don't fit, you must acquit, that's good enough. Or this DNA business, it, I don't understand it, and I don't think you understand it, ladies and gentlemen, the jury. That could be anybody. All those right? fancy people from Broadwood are going to try to confuse you with this and that and this right. and that. It's so simple. Right. It's so simple. And, and so talk. Talk like you can think like I'm thinking right now. I give you license to not think. And I, can, I give you license to think falsely for that matter. And I give you license to feel. <laughs> Stretch out with your feelings, jury. Right. And follow your feelings. Right. Don't let your little thoughts get in the way. Right. It's the exact same thing with Hillary's messaging now. That's right. I, but, I'm but, a victim. No, right. no, not one email was ever marked classified. And I assure you I'm telling the truth, and she is. And people will repeat that. Well, that's right. And it's the same thing with the whole mantra with the Iranian, the Iranian deal, right? What's the alternative war and so on? Like, right? You're a warmonger if you were against the Iranian deal because... Yeah, yeah that's that the war way. that you want. I know yeah. you Republicans. All you do is want war. There was a, um, a video that a lot of uh, celebrities put together in support of the Iranian deal. So you got Jack Black, Morgan Freeman, and uh, a couple of, you know, many others. Maybe you saw this. I did. Unfortunately, that's... Right. Okay, so so it's remarkable looking at this video. And and they're trying to make it funny. And they say, this Iranian deal, we want peace. Because, you know what? War is really bad. Like, a bomb really would prevent you from playing with this Frisbee. Ha ha. You know, like... And they make it seem like it's so educational. If you just think the way they do... Well then, you you must be bright by default, right? By default. <laughs> so that's the, that's the way they think, and the, and they're presenting it exactly that way. There's literally no analysis in that. It's just simply saying, go for this deal, or bad things will really really happen. I mean, it's, it, they don't discuss for a moment why the deal is good. Why would they? Because the moment they go, get into the details, things start falling apart very quickly. So. You and I have had this discussion with many of our liberal friends and, uh, and even the, the intelligent ones. They, you, you talk about the fact that the inspection takes so long. You talk about the fact that, that we're supposed to protect Iran from Israel, no less. Uh, that we're supposed to give them $150 billion without any restrictions whatsoever. Um, or the fact, the basic fact of all, they are our enemy and they are evil. Right. And no matter how evil you think we are, they're much more evil. Right. Trust me. And for us to expect them to honor a deal uh, 100% the way we think that they're going to honor the deal, not, not what, what they believe to be honoring the deal. They may actually think that they're honoring the deal the way that we want them to honor the deal, the way that they should honor the deal. That, that's so naive. I mean, talk about liars always lie, cheaters always cheat, and such like that. I mean, these, these people cheated so many times, and we expect them to. Anyway, we can get into the details of that, but it's it, it, it's hard. It's it's mental exercise that's necessary to do things right. Truth always requires uh, hard work. Truth has never been easy, right? You ask any. I mean, I remember once I, I had a I had a girlfriend of mine, and we didn't last very long. She lied all the time, you know, to me, to other people. And I caught her in a fairly big lie. It wasn't about infidelity or anything, but it was just, you know, it was enough. It was like after a month or two. 
And I said, we'll call her Jane. Jane, you know, it means clearly that you're lying here. And I confronted her about it. We had an argument about it. And I, I said, you know, it's, it makes me feel like a fool. It makes you, you know, like you, you actually think that I, it insults my intelligence, et cetera, et cetera. And she snapped at one point and says, you know what I lie? You know why I lie? And I said, why? She said, because it's easier. Ari, I never forgot that phrase. Because it's easier. And she's right. And I said to her, and I, thankfully I had the presence of mind to say, why does anybody lie? They always lie because it's the easier route. Right? <laughs> Where's your... Did, did you, did you uh, mail the bills, uh, uh, Johnny? Yes. Yes, I did. <laughs> but he didn't. But it's easier for the time being because he doesn't want to have a confrontation. Right? It's easier. People lie precisely because it's easier. That's do, the whole point. Do I look fat in this dress? <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> There's so many good examples of this. You know what? You know, was this, uh, in my business, was, was, was this motion filed with the court? Yes. Yes, it was. Scramble, scramble, scramble. <laughs> Get it filed, right? No. It, it's hard to admit that you're wrong. It's hard to admit, to do the hard homework to say, this won't work, or this does work, or whatever it might be. And truth requires work. If there's an equation there somehow, you know, T, capital T equals, you know, W or whatever it is, you know, with, you know, certain time of, uh, time of something else. But you, lies always implies laziness of some kind. Always. It's an, you know, but by definition, crime is lazy in a sense, right? You're cheating the system. You're lying. And you don't want to do the hard work to get the millions of dollars that you are now trying to steal. Okay? Other people work for it, but you don't want to work for it. It's like. And the same thing is true uh, with the whole liberal mantra, the way they get into the, the political debate and the way they get votes. They do lie. They, they, they lie and they cheat. Now, that's a pretty bold statement I just said. So, and people will ask, what do you mean, Barack? Come on, that's, uh, you know, you're just saying these generalities and that's, that's you know, I'm going to quote you now and you won't be able to have backup for it. But we do. We have plenty of backup for it. We, we, we know what happened with Al Franken, for example. We know that, uh, you know, how, how uh, deceptive things were with uh, Al Gore, with Bill Clinton. Um, we, know, we know all this stuff. It's all big lies. The, the global warming movement, it's, it's a dramatic big lie. You, you can't, I mean, yeah, I, I get so tired of it because when people say, when we say that it's a hoax and they say, oh, you, you don't believe in global warming, they look at us like we're crazy. We, we point it out to them. We actually say the, the facts. You know, the, the, the temperature in the past 15 years, contrary to your very expectations, has actually gone down. Where do you, where do you begin with that? The, even, gla the glaciers have increased in size. Right, and even more to the on point, Michael Mann, head scientist, was caught lying. Right. In a Literally email. Lying. Yeah. Remember those emails with him in the East Anglia University? Right. On email? He didn't have a server in the toilet. He got caught. <laughs> right. Right? Exactly right. That's, that's exactly right. So lies are easy. And, but, but remember that it's easier to do easier things, I suppose. That's the simplest way to put it. Right? You know, I, I, I like fast, you know, who, who doesn't like fast food? Right? Fast food is... Uh, is, is good for you. You're pointing to yourself. You like fast food. No, too. no, I don't like fast food. Okay. You said, who doesn't? I said me. Oh, I see. Well, I, I don't like it either, but, but it's easier, 
right? You, you get the food fast. It's not healthy for you, but by golly, there it is, right? You don't, you don't have to do the hard work of cooking, making sure you know what the ingredients are, right? I mean, it's, it's a good example. It's a good parallel here. But the, the world likes to give us the happy meal, right? The Democrats give us the happy meal. This is terrible for you, but they'll make you think that you're, you're eating something healthy or that you're even a good family man if you bring your, your children into McDonald's, right? It's terrible for you. Right? I mean, we know that from the 30 days. Uh, we know we that were. from something called cancer. Right. You know, it's just, you know, you, but what's so no, nobody can be responsible. What's to do so that. interesting is they on the left will constantly accuse us of believing in these conspiracy theories. They love to say conspiracy theory. Obama's birth, Obama's orientation, Obama this, Obama. All those things that we believe in are generally true. Meanwhile, they lie about us, and they believe the most cockamamie conspiracy theories, like global warming, that Clinton was just having sex in the White House, that Al Gore got the election stolen from him. Meanwhile, he was stealing the election or attempting to. Right. The, all the voter fraud, Planned Parenthood, there's a huge conspiracy for right. you. That's now been exposed. Right. Right. And, and uh, yes, it's a war on woman in Planned Parenthood, right? If, you, if you're yes. attacking the, plan, the videos, it's deceptive people, and they're saying, let's go, and the DOJ goes after the people who, commi- who uh, do the illegal video recording, right? That's, that's what they call it, as opposed to the fact of what's actually happening in the, the Planned Parenthood clinics. Uh, they're killing babies, and they're, yeah, they're actually extracting live babies on occasions, and they're extracting their organs for harvesting. You know, I mean, it's just... So disgusting and so frightening and horrifying. But they'll they'll just change the battlefield. They'll yeah. go to the easier route. They'll say these are people that would would try to take away your right as a woman to choose. Right. This is this is the mantra. This is the the parlance of, of how they operate. Yeah. Four years ago, when the war on women was being brought full force on Mitt Romney, part of me said to myself. Um, God, I can't wait till Hillary Clinton tries that trick, considering that she is the war on women. Right. Because she was the one who destroyed all those women who came forward with the truth about her husband's terrible abuse. We call that irony, and that's the party that gives us irony. It's the Democrats, the party of irony. We don't deliver anything but irony. <laughs> okay. On a big silver yes. ironic platter. One of the things that's interesting we're talking about this because one of the, uh, you know, the biggest issue to me is God, Right. I mean, I, you and I have studied God in, in many different ways. I studied, I have studied it deeply. And, you know, look, I, to me, in my mind, I know that there's a God. You know, whether that God is the same as the God of the Bible, I don't know. And I, and I believe in the God of the Bible. I believe that creator is the same God of the Bible. But there's two different things. I know that there's a creator. I believe that that creator is the God of the Bible. Good. We're good to go on that, right? And I've studied it deeply. I've, I've looked at the numbers. I've analyzed it thoroughly. Um, I, I use logic in my own head. You know, how can we have free will without, without a God? I mean, if you believe in free will, then you, you really need to believe in a creator who gave you the free will. Um, if, why, why are we so different from the animals in the way that we are? Our appreciation for, be- for beauty, for example, our appreciation for manners, our sense of posterity, our sense of the past, our sense of the future, our sense of purpose. I go on and on, right? And then you go into the whole planetary scheme of how perfect Earth is in terms of the, um, its location, not only in the solar system, but in the galaxy, and how Jupiter is just in the right place in order to absorb all the asteroids, and how, how we go in a, in a nearly perfectly circular orbit as opposed to the elliptical orbits that many other planets go, go with, right? I mean, it, it's, it's absurd. And I go through all these permutations, and this is just one-tenth 
of what I normally would go through. I'm, I'm saying everything I just said almost parenthetically, right? And then when you talk to somebody who is an atheist, they'll dismiss you. They'll say, ah, it's all this mumbo jumbo and more people have died of the name of God than anything else, so bye-bye. Not that that's right, of course, but that's what they believe and that's what they say, and therefore they can dismiss you. But you see, it's exactly the same thing. It's laziness. It's, you, can't, you, can't, you can't see, or at least according to them, you can't see, touch, or hear God. Therefore, he doesn't exist. That's, that's pretty easy, isn't it? But for us, you know, we, we can do all those three things, and we also feel God. We also uh, intuit him at the same time. And we're thinking deeply about it. But it's exactly the same issue, isn't it? It's, it's, there's no difference whatsoever. Yeah, and but you notice they never want to inverse that uh, that observation. Who cares if you can see, feel, or touch God? There's plenty of people who don't in their entire life who are perfectly good people. Right. But God can see, feel, and touch you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's a scary thought right. to them. Well, terrifying. That, that that is terrifying. But they would argue that that's a circular argument, Ari, uh, because you're assuming the God that we don't even believe in in the first place. So. Um, they should they should feel that if they had any sort of if they just scratched the surface of the discussion, but they would argue that for your argument, which I think is a very intelligent argument and a very correct one, God is in our lives whether you realize it or not, is what you're saying. Yeah, but, it's it's part of what I call the hedge the bets argument on God, yeah. which okay if there is no God whatever, but don't you want to pray just in case? Yeah, you know I've heard that argument by the way, and I and I like it I I respect it. But using that same argument, you know, you might as well be a Mooney. You might as well believe, uh, if you're Jewish, you might as well be a Christian. If you're a Christian, you might as well also be a Jew and try to be everything to every, you know, under every circumstance, right? So. Well, the, see, there's a slight blurring there because you're talking about religion. I'm only talking about God. I understand, itself, but, but the, the, the way we believe in God. Look, uh, you know, to me, it's, I never use that argument. I, I just like the truth wherever it may be, and I think that. If there, is a, if there is a God, and frankly, I, do, I know there is a God, but let's, let's think like an atheist would. If there, if there is a God and I don't believe in him because there is, you know, I just don't see, touch, or hear him and all that stuff, I'm still going to be a good person. And um, he won't mind the fact that I have at least thought the issues through and I've come, you know, against a belief in God. I'm not fighting him. I just don't believe in him is what he would say. And what's so bad about that? As long as I don't hurt anyone and such. Okay, so I'm hedging my bets. It's a, it's a false argument because if you're truly an atheist, if you truly have that intellectual capacity, you, you know, you'll go the, the Raskolnikov route, and that's the character in Crime and Punishment. And he decides, you know, I, I think intellectually, honestly, that, you know, I'm an atheist, therefore I get to do whatever crimes I want. Exactly. That's, that's, I think, such a profound, brilliant point. And I've actually posed that to an atheist friend of mine who said, I'm a good person because I am good. I said, no. If there is no, if the God that creates our universe and gives us our law and our values and our rights does not exist, as an atheist, you are obligated to be a destroyer. Right. You are obligated to. Yeah. You're being a bad atheist by being a good person. Right. Why, why would you adopt this nonsensical um, scheme, of values uh, you know, morality that, are, that, that, that come from a God you don't believe in? Yeah, it was fabricated by, the, by people um, for purposes of controlling the masses, right? So why would you participate in that 
that uh, deceptive and conspiratorial scheme, right? Yeah, that's a very. Uh, when I said that to the friend, they shuddered because yeah. they re- suddenly realized they didn't suddenly run to the nearest synagogue and pray the Shema or anything. But you can see the, <laughs> the internal sh- the shudder. The Shema, by the way, is, is, a, is a Hebrew prayer uh, that, that uh, asks uh, where you pray and recognize that God is only one. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, but you can see like that initial, like I talk extensively about my own conversion from being an idiot communist to being a right-thinking conservative. <laughs> and it started with a single moment, a single, if you will, singularity of moment. Right. And I could see I implanted that in this person with that little shudder. Mm-hmm. And that the rest of their life, they're going to be dealing with that moment. Yeah. Because the, the truth of that is profoundly disturbing. It is. So you, you are obligated to not act in a moral way. And you, you are obligated instead to only do those things that are necessary for your uh, self-betterment, if that's a phrase, uh, for your self-improvement or whatever, or, or for your selfish needs. That's what you're really obligated. If you truly believe that there's no God, then you must, by by force, believe that the things that operate us is survival of the fittest, right? I mean, you believe in it from the from an evolutionary point of view. Why why should we be any different than the animals? If you say that we're just sophisticated animals, then why we why do we have any moral code at all? Oh, it's for logic, you may say. It's it's uh, it's in order for self-preservation. No, why the the lines still exist? Why, why do you care about, uh, you know, whether or not this or that paraplegic survives? All that should matter is what you uh, have to deal with. The lions don't care about other lions. They care about themselves. Could I take it even one step further on their obligation? Yeah. Because I think this is really profound. They're not, uh, the, no, not that at all. If you think in your own self-interest, you're in essence serving God because you're God's creation, you are obligated to destroy all that God has supposedly made, including yourself. You are there to create an absolute desert of every civilization, to cut down every tree, to to burn every forest, to annihilate every city. A very disturbing imagery comes to mind of the worst dictators of history, if you will, an evisceration of all that is living. Well, and, it, it, and the reason I say it, yeah, just I, I, I would want to, you to explain. Is I'm it gets to an interesting place. Yeah. The essence of all anti-godly or lesser god worship all involves worship, not treating other gods creation, including yourself well, and includes something horrible called sacrifice, terrible sacrificing, burning uh, an animal at the stake, you know, uh, burning people at the stake, sacrificing babies, uh, you know, me selling off their parts to uh, stem express. In other words, it requires an obligation to do the worst possible action and make a sacrifice of your own good standing in the world in order to accomplish it. I, I understand what you're saying. Uh, and normally, Ari, sometimes you, you come up with theories that are a little uh, out there, but this one is a good one, and I like it. Uh, my, my personal feeling, to keep it more simple, is that if you truly do not believe that there is a God, then there is no reason for a moral code at all. There's just, there's no reason. Uh, you could say, oh, it's just logical like we just talked about, but in reality, that moral code can only come from a God or from religious principles. You don't realize that you're borrowing from it. Um, just like we, I don't know, our clothing is, you know, borrowed from previous generations and such, we, and music for that matter. You know, we, when we think about a song, the first thing we think about is maybe a blues-oriented song or something like that. But we don't think of a whole new, different kind of dimension of music, right? It's what we're used to. And just like that, uh, morality is what we're used to. 
And that, but that, that, that in turn came from a religious sensibilities, from the Bible and such. Now you, so, so you don't really need, you must not believe in that moral code. You have to have a whole different structure. And as you said, you really need to wipe out the whole thing because the whole thing that we see around us is all based upon morality. Everything about it is based upon some form of morality. Uh, I'm looking at a building outside the window right now. How is the building based upon morality, you ask? Oh, I'll tell you. Because it took a long time to build that building, first of all. And there were many contracts involved. People had to trust each other. There was a rule of law that was employed. There were families that were involved who were commissioned to do this. Uh, and and they, there were bonuses involved. And there was a Christmas party you know, to, to help them out and to under, help, help them understand each other. There was all sorts of little things that are going on that without a, a moral code, it would never have been built. Okay, so in a sense, you have to destroy all the edifices, literally, that morality built. Exactly. Got it? Okay. Now let's go back to the whole simplicity thing because I think we're really onto something here. Liars always lie, and they always lie because it's simpler. They have chosen that route because they don't want to deal with the reality. I once had a client. Uh, she was actually a famous celebrity. And she was such an incredible liar. I mean... Not in a good way. I'm, I'm saying she was just, she lied. It soon became apparent that every word out of her mouth was a lie. It was like, wait, she was very reliable in that sense, right? Okay, she's lying. One day, um, you know, she owed us you know, a good chunk of money. And we, she worked through an accountant. She was one of these celebrities that just had no ability to control um, her own sensibilities and, and everything else. So... That's fine. A lot of celebrities have that. I'm not divulging who it is. And we had her in the office, and we said, look, you know, we need, we'll call her Jane. Jane, we need to, you know, move forward with this case. We'd like to help you with this, but, you know, you need, do need to pay us. So she said, okay, fine. Uh, and, and she called up her accountant. She said, uh, George, we'll call him George. Um, make sure to send out a check to uh, Mr. Lurie and, uh, and his firm. And, uh, and, and so, okay, great. And we go forward with the, the rest of the case and talk about the case and, you know, continue on. And then she leaves. And then about an hour later after she leaves, this George guy calls us and said, I just want you to know that as soon as she left your meeting, she called me up and said, don't pay the Lurie firm the money that I just told you to pay them. <laughs> so I bring this up not only because it's an interesting anecdote, but because it reflects exactly in a big picture sort of way how easy it is to lie. And people lie because it's easy. And uh, she was a good example of this. This is how people think that they can get by in life. The harder part of it is to just be straightforward. It means you have to roll up your sleeves sometimes and do the work that you claim that you've done, Right? Many people will say, and I and I can tell always, like, um, and I work with other lawyers. Have you um, have you reviewed over the jury instructions I sent to you, Bob? Because you have to share jury instructions with the opposing side. Uh, yes, yes, I have. I'm I'm getting to them right now, and I just know that they haven't. And I said, listen, I'm glad that you have. Well, then send them over with your changes, you know, in an hour. Oh, uh, I, I need more time than that. But you just said you reviewed them and that you had. You, you're okay with them. Oh, I, 
I, I, I still need more time. You didn't review it, did you, Bob? <laughs> well, I, I did, I did. And I said, okay, Bob. But I know that he's, he's lying. It's the easier route to approach. Hillary does it. The Democrats do it. Liberal thinking itself does it all the time. And when you recognize that, we might be actually able to fight back. Because we're involved in the hard work, but they have an advantage over us. They know that people like to do things the easy way. And that's why McDonald's does so well. That's why Burger King does so well. And that's why graphic novels do well. <laughs> that's why videos do well versus articles, right? That's why. This is Barack Lurie. Thanks so much for listening. And we'll talk with you next week. Stop.